Employment Hour, right back at it, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Any questions, uh, email works. And call that number anytime, by the way, to get a hold of Lior, a member of his extremely capable staff. Got a lot of stuff to get through today. Um, use of social media in the workplace. We're going to touch on that topic because it, uh, it is a new year. After all, and some things uh, never change, like what your uh, obligations are at the workplace. But first, we have a lot of things to get through in addition to that and the week that was. What do you got for me, pal? Well, Johnny, uh, I have a lot of stuff, actually. It's been a very busy week. I've spoken, again, with a lot of people, uh, emailed back and forth with a lot of people about their workplace rights, uh, answering questions. So that's great. I, I love doing that. It's, uh, it's the thing that I enjoy, and it, it makes me feel that we're getting the message across here on, on this show, on our TV shows, that people have rights, and people should not be afraid to ask questions and to pursue their rights because the law is actually quite good. The law is, is really helpful when it comes to employment law and workplace rights, but you gotta ask the right questions. Right. You, know, you gotta not be afraid to enforce and, and pursue what is actually rightfully yours. So listen to us right now, listen to us every week on the show, call me, email me with questions. We'll give you my contact information throughout the show. And if I can help you enforce your rights or at least ease your mind, I absolutely will do that. So a couple of situations, John, that came across my desk a uh, week that was, things that hopefully our, our listeners can get some, uh, some helpful tips from. Uh, first situation involved uh, a gentleman who had been uh, off on a medical leave for some some time, a few months, and his company, I think, did the thing that makes sense. I understood why. While he was off, they needed to find a replacement right. for him. Uh, that position, the particular position that he had, needed to be filled. It was an important position. Uh, and when they realized he was going to be off more than a few weeks, they had to hire someone. And this is the type of position that if you're going to hire someone good, you can't bring someone in and offer them a two-month position, right. you have to hire them. Well, when this person on, on a medical leave was ready to come back, they said, unfortunately, that position is no longer available. We have someone in there. There's another position, though, for you that, that we would like for you to take. Well, unfortunately, that position was a much lower-level position. Uh, it was less responsibility. was not a managerial position. Even though the company was going to keep his salary as is, it was definitely a, a step down, a fairly big step down for him. And he called me and he, and he was very confused, wanting to know what he should be doing here. Well, here, here's the thing, John. Clearly, the company was not doing something wrong in the sense that they, they were not picking on him. They were running their business and they had to hire someone in right. uh, into that position because their business needed to continue operating. But despite that, it doesn't change the fact that this is now going to be a significant change to the terms of employment. So even though they had a good reason to make this change, it is still a constructive dismissal. So this means that this person does not have to take that demotion, that other position, even though he was the one that was on a medical leave, he can treat that as a termination, get severance and move on. Remember, John, if he had taken this other position, it would have also looked bad on his resume. You know, later on when he was to leave and look for another job, he would, he would have had to put this lower level position on his website. It looks bad. So the lesson here is very important for employees, for employers. And that is even if the employee is off on a medical leave and you had to replace them, you by changing their job, you may still have them or you may still constructively dismiss the employee. You may still have rights as an employee. If your job goes away, if the job changes while you're on a medical leave, and of course, if the company uh, doesn't have legitimate reasons, if they just don't want to take you back, that can also be a human rights violation. So any situation like that, when you want to come back from medical leave, you can't, there's a different job, you call me, we need to talk about it. So even if his, his pay was the same, it's, it's more based on prestige, right? Yeah, 
prestige, level of responsibility. Right. Absolutely. Is this the same level position? The fact that the pay was going to stay the same did not change the fact that this was a demotion. It's a lower level position. It's a step right. down. And because of that, it's not something the company is allowed to do. It's a constructive dismissal, and he's going to get his full severance. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. What else he got going on? Uh, another matter that uh, I dealt with this week, uh, <clears throat> which presents a good reminder for all our listeners when it comes to probationary period. Uh, I spoke with uh, a gentleman who had worked for a company just short of three months in a very senior position. And about a week shy of the three months, the company comes to him and says, you know what? It's just not working out. You're not a good fit for what right. we want. You're not a bad guy at all. We like you. It's just not working out the way we want it, so we're going to have to let you go. Uh, and I asked him when he called me, he said, well, did they offer you any severance? Well, the company said to him, even though we don't have to pay you anything because you've been with us for less than three months, we'll be nice and we'll offer you a week's pay. Well, here's the thing, John. That was ridiculous. That was nonsense. His employment agreement did not put him on probation. He never signed an employment agreement that says you're on probation. And because of that, even though he was let go be, uh, before three months, he was still owed full severance. And given his senior position, I assessed him as being owed as much as four months pay. Months pay. He worked there for less than three months, John, and he's owed four months pay. I wanted to bring this case up to remind people of two things. Number one, probation is not automatic. You're only on probation if you sign an employment agreement that specifically says you are on probation. Otherwise, you're not on probation. On day one, you're not on probation, which means you get your full severance if you're let go. So that's thing number one I want people to remember. The second thing I want people to remember is that short service employees are treated disproportionately better when it comes to severance. So short service employees get a lot of severance. You may only work for a few months and you're owed a few months pay. So remember that. Don't assume, oh, I only work for a few months. I'll be lucky to get a week's pay. No, you could be owed a few months pay. So Young or old, male, female, long service, short service, you're all, gets out, you're all entitled to severance. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much it is. Call me and let's talk. Going to deal with social media in the workplace when we uh, come back from a short break. one 821 5900 Email, reach out, help at employmenthour.com as well. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number to get a hold of Lior, a member of the team. Anytime it is help at employmenthour.com. That's the website as well. Want to talk about this, uh, pal? And that is use of social media in the workplace, right? Social media in the workplace. Obviously, uh, everyone now uh, has a social media account: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, what have you. And, you know, the reality is we don't just confine the use of those uh, social media accounts to when we're off work. Because we spend so much work, it's inevitable that we may use them in the workplace. So we want to talk about what that means, if it's legal, what can, what can happen if you do, so that we're all on the same page and we, we can preserve our legal rights. Even my 84-year-old mother's got a Facebook account. She keeps trying to friend me. Not happening. Those worlds will never collide. No, no. some things should stay separate. <laughs> you yeah, got it. That's one of them, right? Yeah. Your mom and social media? No, <laughs> no, it's, it's no okay. good. Yeah. It's no good. Let's uh, let's roll here. Can, can an employer, um, can you get fired for using social media during work hours? Well, you know, let's start with the proposition, John, that when you're working, your employer should expect you to do work. Yep. Okay. You're on their dime, so to speak, and they're paying you to do work. They're not paying you to do other things. That said, that said, it's not as simple as to say, well, you were on social media today, John, you checked your Facebook account, therefore I can fire you. Therefore, you're not allowed to do that. 
we have to be reasonable. There's an expectation that you will have some personal time or you're doing other things while at work. Now, obviously, reasonable is the key word here. If you're going to spend four hours on social media on your eight-hour workday, <laughs> you got some problem there. A little okay? bit. Absolutely. But if you're going to you know, check your uh, accounts uh, in the morning and maybe at lunchtime and write again before you leave for work for a few minutes, uh, yeah, then that's okay. That's expected. The company really can't fault you for that. Uh, and again, another thing we want to understand, would the company have a social media use policy? Have they established parameters in terms of what's expected and what's not? Some companies may say you're not allowed to go on social media at all. If your company has a policy like that, then you should be abiding by it, okay? Otherwise, you could be subject to discipline. But most companies don't have policies that are that strict. So yes, it's expected that you may go on your Instagram account or Facebook account uh, once or twice during your your work week. Uh, Don't overdo it. Don't exaggerate. Understand that you have to do work. Your employer is there paying you to do work. So as long as you're reasonable, nothing bad's going to happen. Like maybe your Amazon account possibly to do some shopping. What? Who did? Who what? does that, John? No, no, Delivery no coming today? What? Yeah, you want to check the tracking? Or mind <laughs> hey, getting there this you delivered? go. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? Who how does about, that? Um, how about privacy? Is there is there such a thing as right to privacy if you're using your social media, your account at your workplace? So my, my rule that I, I always uh, advocate is you should never expect privacy if you're using a work computer, right. okay? Even if you are using your own email or your own social media, you're on your Facebook account with all the security settings going, you cannot expect privacy while you're using someone else's device. An employer does have the ability through the magic of technology, (laughs) right, to to, uh, see what you're doing. So you can never assume that. So if you're going to do something on your social media or your your email, et cetera, that you don't want your employer to to see, don't do it on the work computer. If you do it on the work computer and your employer sees it, you can't say, well, I assumed that it was private. There should be no assumption. There should be no expectation of privacy when it comes to a work computer, a work tablet, a work phone. Okay, if it's the company that owns it, they have the ability to monitor it, and you should not expect privacy. Talking about social media in the workplace, stuff to be uh, to take heed and listen up for sure. Well, we'll take that one step further. Then uh, should be this one's kind of a gimme, but I'll lob it over the plate, no problem. Should you be concerned about what you say about your employer on your uh, on your social media? You you can, and and you really should be concerned. And even if you're not saying it during work hours, you're at home on your right. computer, Good call. Uh, and, and you know you posted something on your Facebook or whatever it is with all the security settings about your boss, for example. Well, that is again a problem. Even if it's on your time, as long as it's something that can be seen by others, even if it's only certain people that you allow, that is still an issue. And if your employer finds out about that, they could have a problem with that. Even if you've, you did it on your time, even if it's not on a work computer, uh, th- there really is no such thing as absolute secrecy or privacy when it comes to internet and social media. Uh, I've been involved in many cases where whatever the person did on their own time on their s- social media account, the employer found out about it. And if you're going to call your employer a piece of this and a piece of that uh, while you're uh, on your social media and they find out, there's going to be repercussions and you could be disciplined, you could potentially be terminated. So again, if you don't want your employer to to see something, just don't do it. That's probably the safest way to approach it. Once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, you, in you can't take it. Never back. goes away. You can't. Even if you delete it, guess what? There could still be a record. Your employer can still yeah. find out about it. Be safe. Don't jeopardize your job uh, with your social media use. 
Well, uh, more on that discussion is on the way. one 821 5900 the number and email, which we'll get to some of those as well. Help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. The number to call anytime, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you should be owed. Because chances are, if you've uh, gone through the severance ringer, it's probably about 90% of those people were short uh, short change or what they should have got. Again, severancepaycalculator.com if you want the real number anytime. There's a contact button at the bottom as well. We're talking about uh, social media in the workplace. So what should, uh, I'll bounce over to employers now. What should employers do if they have one or several employees that are using excessive time or using uh, excessive social media at the workplace? Well, an employer, first of all, should have a policy, a handbook somewhere where they outline what the expectation is of employees. If you don't allow employees to, to go on social media, you have to say so and say so in writing. If you expect people to not spend more than 20 minutes a day, again, you want to say so and say so in writing. You have to have a policy. It's not enough to say, well, you should have known. It's not good enough. You have to have a policy. You have to communicate that policy. And you want to make sure that people know about it. So that's number one. Number two is this. If you know that people are abusing, if you will, their social media accounts during uh, work, workplace hours, they're using it too much, you can't just sit back and not do anything about it. If you're not doing anything about it, it's the same as condoning it. It's right. the same as saying that's okay. And then later on, when you've kind of reached your boiling point and you want to do something about it, you may not be able to mm-hmm. because you've already condoned that behavior. So an employer has to be consistent with its approach. If you're going to want to ensure that people are, are not on the social media uh, and you know that they are, deal with it. Tell them they're not allowed to provide a warning, other disciplinary uh, measures, potentially a suspension if it's bad enough. And then at some point, you may even consider a termination. So you have to be consistent and you have to have a policy and for employees, let's just flip this over to employees. If Even if you've been overusing, let's put it that way, your social media accounts during work, which is not a good thing, it does not mean you can be fired. Certainly not for cause. Okay, In order to be fired for cause for using your social media accounts or spending time on the computer that's not work-related, to be fired for that, you would have had to be given a number of chances and warnings, and you have to you have to have been told in advance that if you continue along this path, we're going to let you go. If the company simply says to you, oh, we know you're using it too much, you're out of here, that's wrong. That would be a wrongful dismissal. You'd be owed compensation. So again, from the perspective of the employer, be consistent, have a policy. From the perspective of the employee, you are entitled to get warnings. You can't just be fired because the company decided that they're not liking what you're doing. Social media in the workplace, that's what we're talking about uh, for this uh, next little while. What if there's, say, not even the boss or, or the supervisor, what if there's a couple employees back and forth, maybe one's bullying the other, or they're having a bit of a dust-up on social media? How do you handle it? Well, you know, workplace harassment uh, is workplace harassment, whether it happens in the, uh, in the lunchroom or if it happens online on social media, it's a problem. And an employer has to take actions to prevent that. So if you are aware of people having a spat through social media, there's, there's bullying, there's harassment, there's inappropriate language, as an employer, you can't ignore that. Maybe you find out, a, a, out about it on your own. Maybe you find out about it because someone filed a complaint. You can't say, oh, no, no, this happened online. If it happened between employees and if it could spill into the workplace, it's your problem as the employee. You have to deal with it. So you have to investigate. You have to take measures to fix that problem. You can't ignore it. So it's not, it's not good enough for the employer to say, no, no, that's your problem. That's on your time. If it impacts the workplace, it becomes the company's business. I want to talk about being part of a union here in just a moment. But I want to bounce over this email we just got in from Sean. He went to uh, help 
at employmenthour.com says, my boss, who is the owner of the company, keeps sending me and other male employees porn pictures that he finds on the internet. This is my boss. Uh, this makes me and the other guys very uncomfortable. What do I do? Well, you know, it's not the first time, John, that I've I've come across this, and uh, it's back to, to the old idea that, oh, yeah, gosh, boys will be boys, and, yeah. you know, what's so wrong with that? Well, no, no, those days are gone. That's inappropriate. A boss or a coworker, for that matter, should not do that. Yeah, definitely, if, you, if you're going to send pictures to someone that you don't know for a fact wants them or hasn't asked for them, you could be offending someone, and that's wrong, and that could be considered workplace harassment, again, especially if it's your boss. So what I would say here is, is, is tell your boss very honestly, and you don't have to be aggressive about it, but you can say, you know, just so you know, boss, this is making me feel uncomfortable. I, I, I would like for you to stop. And your boss should stop, and most normal, uh, you know, sane people will stop in that situation. If your boss says, ah, gosh, I don't care, and they continue doing that, that could be a constructive dismissal, believe it or not. They're then putting you in this uncomfortable situation, sending you unsolicited uh, pictures and, and materials that you don't want. That's inappropriate. That could also be a human rights violation. So again, try to resolve it internally. Tell your boss what the concern is. If the problem persists, Let's then you and I connect. We may have to deal with it by way of legal means because, no, that's inappropriate. Uh, I mentioned unions. want to get into this and why it's sometimes much better to not to not be part of a union. Um, first point, much more severance if you let go. You know, this is a, an interesting topic, and, yeah. and it could get very political. I don't want to talk politics here. You know, some people are big supporters of unions. Some are not. This is not about that. This is about the facts. It's about the law. And in some cases, from a legal standpoint, you're better off not to be part of a union. Again, ideologies aside, we're just talking about the law. And probably one of the main reasons is the reason that you said. If you lose your job, and this is a fact, if you lose your job, you are far far better off to not be part of a union than to be part of a union. Why? Because unionized employees don't really get severance, certainly not anything near what a non-unionized employee would get. I get contacted, John, every day, several times a day by people who are unionized who want to get severance, and I have to tell them, you don't. Unfortunately, you don't get severance because why? In every collective agreement, there's a term where the union essentially gave up those severance rights. Now, the flip side of that is you may have more job security. And great benefits yeah. and good pay and you, so on you, and so you, forth You can't just be there. let go because yeah. you drive a blue car, for example. You like my blue car example. Yeah. A, union, a non-unionized employee could be let go for any reason. Severance has to be paid. A unionized employee cannot be let go for any reason. It has to follow seniority. But... If the employee is let go because they're on, on the, uh, short on the sh- seniority list or because the company stopped operating or they're cutting costs, they're not going to get severance. And it could be a difference of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So yeah. when it comes to severance, you're always better off not being a union member. If you're part of a union, you're listening to the show, stay tuned. Got lots more in that discussion just to make you uh, make you aware. The number, by the way, one 821 5900 to reach out when the show is not on the air. Get a hold of Lior's team and help at employmenthour.com through email as well. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 the number, help at employmenthour.com to reach out and get a hold of uh, Lior, a member of his team anytime, talking about uh, being part of a union and why sometimes it's much better not to be part. We talked about uh, getting severance, uh, more severance, if you're not part of a union, if you're let go. Uh, next point is the ability to negotiate the terms of your employment on your own terms. Well, by definition, uh, when you're part of a union, you don't have any, any say in terms of the terms of your employment. Those are negotiated for you by the union. It's part of the collective agreement, and it's pretty much the same terms 
for everyone. So there's no ability to say, well, here's what I want. I want those hours or these hours. You can't negotiate those terms. And, and not only that, if you say, okay, employer, I need some more flexibility. I need you to give me these different hours right. or, or help me out. Your employer is actually not allowed to do that because by giving you that flexibility, they're going to breach the collective agreement. So it, it's a difficult situation, I think, for most employees that you can't agree with your employer to the terms of employment. Those, have, those terms have been set for you by someone else, and your employer can't give you the flexibility that an employer could otherwise provide. Personally, I would much rather be able to negotiate my own terms of employment to reach a deal with the, the company that, that everyone can live with, and then understanding that sometimes life gets in the way and you need some flexibility from the employer or the employer needs some flexibility from the employee, and we can agree to change those terms. Uh, well, you can't really do that with a unionized uh, situation. So again, if you want to be kind of the, the in, in control of your own terms of employment, Again, legally, it's far better off not being part of a union. You know, if you think about that angle, too, if you get a guy who's, you know, 25 and single working at a workplace and the guy under the same CBA is 63, has three kids, I mean, that's a completely different lifestyle. It is completely different lifestyle, different needs, different expectations, but they're going to be treated the same if they're in the same job because of the collective agreement. And again, that's not that's not going to be reflective of the reality on the ground, but there's not much that can be done about that, again, which is why I always prefer to be able to negotiate my own terms of employment. How about this one, being not part of a union, more flexibility in dealing with workplace conflict? Absolutely. Uh, If if there's a workplace conflict, you're you're generally speaking, there's a lot more flexibility for you to deal with it because you can deal with it yourself. You can hire a lawyer. You can go to court. You can go to the Human Rights Tribunal. You can go to the Ministry of Labor. There's a lot of things that you can do to resolve a dispute, and, and you're in control of it. Whereas a unionized employee, there's only one recourse generally, and that is the union has to agree to file a grievance on your behalf. Well, what if the union doesn't want to? Well, then you're stuck. You're, you're out of luck. What if the union does it and decides not to pursue it? Or what if the union doesn't do a very good job in pursuing it? You're stuck in all those situations. Probably the most common question or common issue that I have been, uh, I have uh, that the people ask me about when they're part of a union is, I have this problem. The union's not helping me. Can I hire you because the union's not right, doing anything? Right. And the answer to that is always no. Unfortunately, you can't hire me or, or anyone else for that matter. Your union is your exclusive representative. They have to deal with it. And if they won't do it, you don't really have much options. So, you know, if you've been, if you think you've been discriminated, harassed, uh, wrongfully dismissed, they owe you, the employer owes you money. I personally would like to be able to deal with it on my own and have five, six different ways to deal with it. When you're part of a union, you can't deal with it. And, and sometimes the union has bigger fish to fry. So they, they're not prioritizing your matter because they're dealing with more important matters. Uh, and then you may be left without any recourse. So again, if, you're, if there's workplace conflict, you have a lot more flexibility and control if you're not a union member. Again, this is not a, a political statement. It's just a fact. Yeah, it, and that last point you mentioned, I was just thinking that. I was going to ask you, what if it's, you know, you've got a conflict, you need something resolved for the union. And, you know, they, they don't step up because they're maybe in the middle of bargaining new terms for the agreement. I mean, you're going to be left swinging on the wind possibly, right? Yeah. They don't want to necessarily upset the employer with right. your litter matter because they're going to try to get other concessions from right. them during collective bargaining. It happens all the time. And then, well, that doesn't help you because you still feel that you, you were, didn't get overtime for the last week. Well, well the, the union doesn't want to pursue your $1,000 or whatever it is in overtime because they're looking at something else. 
So, whereas if you're not part of a union, you can go to the Ministry of Labor, you can go to small claims, you can talk to me. There's so many different things that you can do. None of that applies to a unionized employee. So, again, non-union employees, hey, a lot of recourse, call me, any questions. A union employee, the only thing you can do is work with your union, push your union, and hopefully get them to be on your side so that they can pers- uh, pursue your matter. And I guess part B of that whole topic about uh, you know resolving conflict, if you're part of a union or not, is if you're not, can get resolved much quicker, no? It does. It, it really does. Because, like, as I said, the only uh, thing that union can do is file a grievance. And that process, the grievance process, is slow. Man, it, it, it barely moves. It, it's, it's like molasses. It's terrible. So, it, it, uh, you know, there's timelines outlined in the collective agreement, which everyone ignores anyway. And it could take literally years to resolve a tiny little simple dispute, which could often resolve in days <sighs> for a non-union uh, matter. So, you know, it's, I always say that justice delayed is justice denied. And if you can't get a resolution of your matter in a timely fashion, then what's the point, right? So that's one of the concerns I always had with uh, unionized uh, situations. If there is a conflict, and even if you do get the union to help you and they're doing a good job, that's still going to take a long time, usually a lot longer than it would take in a non-union environment. We'll uh, get to a couple more points under this topic. In the meantime, we'll take a short break, and you can uh, think about some if you want to email Lior a question or two. It is help at employmenthour.com. And the number, 1-855-821-5900. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. one 855 5900 help at employmenthour.com. I'm going to bounce over your emails here in just a, a couple minutes. As we get down to the last couple points in our, uh, our discussion of when it's much better to not be part of a union, this next one is, I guess, probably sticks in your craw when you deal with people, and that is promotions based on merit instead of just seniority. Yeah. That can I, be irritating. It really is. Uh, you know, generally speaking, if you're in a non union environment, you know, and the company wants to promote someone, you would think they'll pick the best person mm-hmm. for the job doesn't matter how long that person worked there, they'll pick the best person because the company has an interest, of course, to have the best people possible in, in different positions. Well, it's very different in a unionized environment because the collective agreement would require the company to consider seniority when it comes to promotions or even to transfers. So people with more seniority have more, uh, more chances, more say, and they have priority. So you may be the best employee, but someone that uh, is more senior than you because they work for another year or two may get promoted over you every single time, even though they're not as good, because that's what the collective agreement says. So in a way, there's less incentive to do a good job, to, to go out of your, your way to right. do a good job, because you may not get rewarded. Uh, so that's a concern I always have. I always like to think that you know, if I do a good job and I show how important an employee I am, I'm going to get rewarded. I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to move forward in my career. Well, not the same thing applies usually in a unionized environment because, again, seniority matters, uh, not always uh, quality and not always experience. That can be irritating. You get some slacker who's got 10 years on you, but he's going to get the gig over you even though you've been busting your hump, right? Yeah, it, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. And what does that mean? That means that this frustrated employee is going to say, well, well, I may as well then just not work as hard and not just uh, dial it back a bit. Yeah, and at some point I'll get promoted just because of seniority. Well, that's not a that doesn't make for a productive workplace. So right. I, I don't like that. Our last point in this one is better to be a part of non-union rather than a union employee. Uh, if you're better at your job than someone else, you should be treated that way. It doesn't always happen. Again, dovetails off the last point. It, it, right? it is exactly that. You know, if if you're 
Uh, if you're better, then you should be treated that way. You should get a promotion. You should get a pay raise. Uh, you should get additional privileges, okay? Because, hey, that comes with doing a really good job. Well, that can't happen. You can't get a pay raise because you did a better job than the guy across the, the hall if you're a unionized environment because the collective agreement says, no, you're not allowed to, and your employer cannot just decide to mm. give you a merit increase. So because of that, again, you, you always like to think, I think most people would think that, hey, if I deserve a pay raise, if I deserve to be treated well, the company will do that. Well, they may want to if you're unionized. They're just not allowed. Uh, personally, I don't like that. You know, then the flip side of this, I know because my wife works in a union environment. If you're on the outside trying to get in and there's a good job that you're wickedly qualified for, you're obviously a leader. Sometimes you don't get there because someone else that's already in the union will get the job. Absolutely. And they have to really, really show why they're going outside the union to hire very that person, good. right? And for an employer, that's very frustrating because yep. there could be someone that's better suited, better qualified, better experienced that's not in the union and they want to hire that person, but they may not be able to do that yeah. because the collective agreement requires them to give priority to the people that are already there. So it, it could be very frustrating. It could be frustrating for the employees as well. So again, this is just some, some thoughts. There are reasons. I want to be fair as to why people may be uh, part of a union. Probably the best one, I'm not even going to say benefits because oftentimes employers can provide good benefits to non-union employees. It's this idea of job security. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can't just be let go on a whim. That's fair, and that's very important to people. But, you know, these days, right now, as we tape this, uh, this show, it's a good market out there for employees. Unemployment is very low. People are going to find jobs. So this whole idea of job security as part of a union, maybe not as meaningful, but that's certainly something to be said. one 821 5900 the number to reach out, help at employmenthour.com. We'll slide over, uh, over to Beth's email. She says, my husband works in construction. He has never been laid off in 10 years, but his employer just gave him notice of a layoff, saying that he, uh, he may be called back to work in May. Maybe. What can he do? Well, very important question. And uh, for those working in construction, it's almost assumed by many of them that a layoff, a temporary layoff is allowed. Well, let's be very clear. It's not automatic. Now, if you're working on a job that's seasonal, you're a roofer and you, you know there's no roofing jobs uh, you know, in the winter or, or pool cleaners, there's no pools being cleaned in the winter, certainly not in Canada, then yes, that's a seasonal job and you can be laid off temporarily during the winter season. But for most other jobs, no, it's not a given. And in this situation, if he's worked for 10 years and he hasn't been laid off temporarily, then this temporary layoff is actually illegal. It's a termination. So he has a right to treat that as a termination and get his severance. He does not have to sit at home waiting and hoping and praying that they'll call him back and maybe he'll go back to work. No, that is a termination. He can treat that as a termination and get severance. And remember, John, uh, this is another big misconception. Construction employees get severance. They all think they don't. They get severance. In fact, they get the exact same amount of severance as non-construction employees. It's based on age, position, and length of employment. They can also go to severancepaycalculator.com, and you cannot be laid off temporarily if you're working for a job that's not seasonal. Where does that misbelief come from that, oh, I don't get severance, I'm in construction? We hear that every week when we take phone calls, every week. There are some exemptions in the Employment Standards Act for construction employees. So construction employees are not covered by the Employment Standards Act in the same ways as non-construction employees. But when it comes to your full severance, what we call your common law severance rights, they're the same for non-union as they are, or for, sorry, for non-construction, I should say, as they are for construction. You get severance. Uh, It's based on the same amount. And of course, severance pay calculation. 
calculator.com will show you how much. That and make that phone call, 1-855-821-5900 if you're in that business or any other. And you can reach out, help at employmenthour.com as well. Another email. In fact, we've got to a few more here before we wrap for the day. We'll take a short break first. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com is the email address. Frank, you're up next. Frank writes in, uh, Lior says, my former employer found out that I'm working for a competitor of theirs and is now threatening to take legal action against me. Any advice? Well, that's always very tricky. Uh, you know, depending on, on the industry that you work in, you know, working for your employer's competitor as the, at the same time that you're working for your employer is a problem. Let's be very clear. Uh, and your employer should expect some form of loyalty sure. when you're working for them unless they've approved the fact that uh, that you all, you can work for someone else. And by the way, if you want to work for a competitor, ask permission. And your employee may be fine with it. They may not care. You know, it may not impact their business. Yeah, if you've got if a part-time gig, you need extra money. Whatever, exactly. Right? You know, if you if you work at McDonald's and you also want to work at Harvey's, I don't know that your employer is going to care too much in that right. situation. In some other situations, they may care very, very much. So, so that... That, but that in itself to me is a concern. If you're working for your employer's competitor at the same time you're working for the employer, that, by the way, could be grounds for, for termination for cause potentially because probably the person should have known better. But that doesn't mean that your employer can take legal action against you. So I, I would deal with your employer by telling them whether you're willing to leave your other job or not and see if they're, if they're willing to keep you on. Ultimately, if they do threaten you with a lawsuit, I want you to reach out to me. There really would be no grounds to sue you uh, for that. Again, there may be grounds to let you go for cause, not to sue you. Uh, you, You may want to reach out to me as soon as possible to talk about it, but please be smart. If you're going to work for a competitor at the same time as you work for your employer, Tell them, be honest, and if they say no, uh, you'd be doing it at your own risk. I'm sure that employer's smart enough to know they can't sue for this. Is that a very common threatening technique? Oh, we'll sue you. You better stop. Not just let you go. That's one thing, but we're going to sue you. Take legal yeah. action. Yeah. It, it, uh, sometimes it's done out of anger and frustration, right. and sometimes it's it's done to to make sure that if we let the person go and they don't even try to go after us and get severance because we threaten them. So it's often a tactic. It's an inappropriate tactic uh, and it's nonsense. You can't really be sued in that situation. Reach out 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. I get to Brian. Brian says, I have worked for a company for three years in a sales position selling windows and doors and I was just let go. They consider me to be an independent contractor. I worked exclusively for them full-time, but did not have an office, and I paid my own expenses. Am I entitled to severance? That's the old a, independent contractor. The old independent right? contractor, yep. and, and we, we talk about it in most shows because yep. this issue comes up all the time. It really, really does. Listen, if he's worked for them for a long period of time and he works for them exclusively, he is very, very likely to be an employee. It doesn't matter what he calls himself, and that means he's owed severance as an employee. Now, the fact that he pays his own expenses doesn't really change it. Now, in a worst case scenario, worst case scenario, he may be considered to be a dependent contractor, mm-hmm. uh, and that still means he gets severance if he is let go. But it doesn't even sound like that. To me, it sounds like an employee. He's in a sales role. He works exclusively for a company. So he pays some of his own expenses. It, it's not enough to make him an independent contractor. So uh, people that are hearing us for the right, first time, they're saying, well, wait a second. He probably signed something that said he was an independent contractor. So what is he complaining about? 
It doesn't matter. The law decides what you are. You don't decide. I don't decide. The law takes care of that. So you can sign whatever piece of paper you want. It's not going to change what the law considers you to be. You're either an employee or you're not. And if you are an employee, nothing can change that. No piece of paper, no uh, tax, no expense. Nothing can change that. And it certainly sounds he's an employee. He's owed severance. He needs to reach out to me as soon as possible. So what makes it different being a dependent contractor? So a dependent contractor is someone that's not quite... Uh, an employee, but they're not independent. Usually it's someone that works for more than one company, but there's one company that they work for that they're specifically dependent on. They get most of their business from that one company, maybe, I don't know, 80%. And if that company were to let them go, it would be a huge blow to them financially. In that type of situation, we say, okay, you're not an employee, you're a contractor. But because you're so financially dependent on that company that, that uh, gives you all this work, you're a dependent contractor. So if they let you go, they're going to have to pay you severance. So it's not just employee versus independent hmm. contractor. There's an in-between category called a dependent contractor. And that means if you're let go in that case, you still get your severance. Full severance? Full severance, wow. yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty much exactly the same as an employee would, yes. Help at employmenthour.com is email. We'll get to one more here. Melissa, you got the uh, the final call. It says, I signed my severance offer because my employer told me that if I didn't, I wouldn't get paid anything. I just used your severance calculator at severancepaycalculator.com, and it says that I am owed another, ready for this, 35000 bucks. What do I do? Oh, gosh. And probably the, the worst part of my job is getting emails or calls just like this. Uh, and the reason I don't like it is because I have to break the bad news is that once you've accepted that offer, doesn't matter why you accepted it and doesn't matter how bad it was, you're bound by it. You're stuck with it. There's nothing else that you're owed. Uh, and, and there's nothing else that you can do about it. So even though you realize, well, I didn't know that I was going to be owed another 35. They told me I'm not going to get anything. So how's that fair? You're absolutely right. It's not fair, but you're still going to be stuck with what you've signed. Probably the only time you can get out of a severance agreement is if you are made to sign it on the spot. If the company says you're not leaving this boardroom until you you sign, that's ridiculous. I've, but I've seen it happen a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may be able to get out of it at that point. But if they gave you the document, they gave you an opportunity to get advice, you may not have done so, but they gave you that opportunity and you come back and you sign that agreement, then you're stuck. I hate, do, I hate giving that news. Probably once a week at least I get a call or an email just like this from someone that now realizes they're owed more, someone that used the severance pay calculator. Uh, so don't let that happen to you. Unfortunately, in this case, $35,000 loss, and it's bad news. Just take your time and say thanks. I'll read it over and get back to you. There's, there's no legal reason why I have to sign right then and there. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. It's that easy. It takes yeah. seconds. There's, there's no reason. And that deadline is meaningless. And they can't say you don't get anything because guess what? It's not their decision how much you get. The law decides that. So I can tell you you're not going to get anything, but if the law says I have to pay you, then I'm going to have to pay you. It's a pressure tactic. It's all it is. Don't let that happen to you. Don't uh, let that uh, be your situation where you accept less or, or pennies on the dollar. Call me, severancepaycalculator.com works. Call someone else if you don't want to talk to me, but do something to make sure you're not losing money that you're owed. Done for another week. And to call 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. And one more time, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you are really owed. And there's a contact button at the bottom of that as well. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.